Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number two freaking hundred. My name's Adam Patterson with me today. Kevin Rakestraw, how you doing? I'm doing all right. How you doing? Two hundred episodes. Well, that should be with the caveat that if someone was footing the bill for this, we would have been canceled a long time ago. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, the beauty of financing <laughs> projects. We would have been canceled like like five sentences into the first one it would have just been someone going nope nope nope. that's not gonna work guys this is not gonna work for you sorry nice try uh yeah so 200 episodes in we're plugging along i wish i had something special planned for today but honestly i didn't realize until yesterday that this was 200 so this week we have uh, a dreadfully (laughs) mediocre show lined up I love that our 200th episode is Moonwalkers. <laughs> yeah. Yep, so we're going to be talking about Moonwalkers that came out this weekend. Uh, we'll also be talking about some of what we've been watching in our watch list. And uh, spoiler alert, I only saw one other thing <laughs> that I can talk about. So uh, we have that lined up. Uh, before we get into our first and only review, we've got some news to talk about. Uh-oh. The Oscar nominees were announced. Oh, yeah, that's right. Basically, this is going to be the last... I mean, we'll we'll write the... We'll do an article on the site about the winners, but this is this is going to be it. Like, this this is it. I'm not going to be covering this anymore because it's ridiculous. Have you have you looked at these? Uh, kind of. I just want, like a, like, a quick glance. And I think I made it to, like, the third... Third list like nominees and then I fell asleep. The third set of white men <laughs> and then fell asleep. This <laughs> is like God, this is just as boring as all the other ones. I uh, yeah, it's uh exactly what I expected. There there are no almost no surprises here. Uh I'm not gonna go over the list because you already know what it is. Yeah. You already know what it is, guys. It's a uh, bunch of uh it's again completely whitewashed like it is almost every year. Uh, there's a, there's a serious lack of women this year too. Um, I know that's this pretty much par for the course also, but I don't know. This year it just seems more egregious because there've been a lot of great, uh, movies. It just, it like, what are they doing? The fact that last year, you know, there was so much outrage. Yeah. And the hashtag, you know, Oscar so white. And it's like this year they went even further. Yeah, remember remember last year at the actual awards they tried to make up for it by having a lot of uh people of color do the the actual awards like present the awards. <laughs> which, uh, which, what are they going to do this year? Which, um do you realize that makes it worse, Oscars? Of course. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, hey, we'll invite you and you can hand them out to all the white people. <laughs> oh god. That makes it sound even I know it's du- just, doubly worse. Oh God, what are you doing? <sighs> uh, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say about these. Mad Max got nominated for quite quite a few, which I'm. I mean, that's kind of cool. I'm cool with that. I'm I'm glad that it, it is at least getting recognized. Uh, but yeah, man, what is going on? I mean, all right, let's just say first of all, I don't think that. Any any one 
race, gender, what have you, should get special treatment. Like, I, I feel like if if this year was truly the white man's year when it comes to filmmaking, then then that's fine. But the simple fact is that it, it wasn't. There were a lot well, of... And to make matters worse is you have, you have a movie like Rocky and Straight Outta Compton, and they get nominations, and you're like, oh, what did they get nominations for? All the white people get nominated. Like it's like like, holy shit! You're like, are you going out of your way now? Is that what you're doing? (laughs) Yeah, that was that was kind of funny and sad and sad. Really, Uh, I think that I will not be watching the Oscars this year. This is probably going to be the first year in a long time that I'm I'm going to actively avoid them. Just just because it's ridiculous and I'm tired of it. Yeah, it's just. And another thing, because I don't know if we did we like the Golden Globes. When was that? Did we uh, record after that? Did we? Or is this the first show after the? I can't remember if we did talk about the results of the Golden Globes. Couple of things about that. I tried watching the Golden Globes just because I was like, "What the hell?" First off, I want to know how you get that red carpet job because the questions they ask are fucking amazing. <laughs> I think Matt Lowers, I think he was talking to Harrison Ford. He's just like, do you get excited to come to these things? And it's like, <laughs> what kind of fucking question is Oh, my God. And then Gervais's opening thing was a fucking nightmare. And then the, I, see, I, the first, yeah, I missed that. The, first, the very first bit, like after Gervais, is Jan and Tatum. And Jonah Hill comes out with this ridiculous bear costume on. And he's the bear from the Revenant. And they bleep out all of this swearing, but they bleep out like giant chunks and they actually so miss. no idea what yeah. he's saying at so, all. So like the first like 10 minutes of watching the thing, I'm like, I can't hear any of this. Like, this is terrible TV. Like, what is the point of me watching? I can't hear anything you're saying. This is pointless. And that's as far as I made it. That's, that's why I like the Spirit Awards because they don't, they don't bother with any of that bleeping stuff. They just leave everything in. Uh, I did not see the Golden Globes. Uh, you didn't miss the Revenant one for Best Picture. I, I caught the very end, I believe, like the last ten minutes or so, and I noticed that they played people off. I think they were running short on time because I, if if I recall, for like the last maybe five awards, they only gave people like ten seconds to accept the award before they played them all. So I don't know. Uh, best motion picture went to The Revenant for the Golden Globes. Uh, best motion picture comedy or musical went to The Martian because, again, that's a comedy apparently. Well, yeah, it's fucking hilarious. I mean, I know it's not a musical. I'm pretty sure, but yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know if I agree with that. That it should have. I don't think it should have been nominated. I think comedy should be comedy. Just, the Martian was not a comedy. Sorry, it's just it, it, it had comedic elements. But it's not a comedy. A lot of movies have comedy elements. Right, exactly. They just wanted Matt Damon to be there. Spotlight had comedic elements, for God's sake. Actress went to Brie Larson for Room. Actor went to Leo. Good old Leo. Winning the Golden Globe. Let's let's see if he can nab an Oscar, finally. Boy. Uh, actress wait. comedy, Jennifer <laughs> Lawrence. Actor comedy, Matt Damon. Oh, man. He is like... It's one of the best comedic actors of our time. Supporting actress went to Kate Winslet for Steve Jobs. Couldn't disagree more with that. Uh, I don't understand her role in that because she has this accent and it comes and it goes. 
throughout the whole freaking movie, and I, I don't understand how she can get an award for that. I just, I am not, I'm not, I don't get it. You gotta give them awards, that way they keep coming. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess coming, that's what it is. Keep coming to your little party. Keep coming to your party. Uh, Stallone won for Creed. Kind of, kind of glad to see that. That's cool. And uh, Inuritu won for The Revenant, Best Director. There you go. Uh, all the rest are pretty much exactly what you'd, you'd expect. Uh, Inside Out won for Best Animated Film. Couldn't disagree more with that. And that's pretty much it. Keeping on the awards train, the Critics' Choice Awards. Oh, my happened. God. They happened last night. Uh, now, I didn't watch this either, but holy crap, are there a lot of categories. I probably say this every year about the Critics' Choice Awards, but they give out 500 awards, I think. It's like 500 or 600. Wow. Or 800. It's out of control, the amount of awards they give out. Jesus. Because they do TV and movies, but they do, like, best action film, best sci-fi horror film, and then they do actors for each of those respective genres. Good lord. They do, They give out, like, uh, best young actor. So, they give out a shitload Wait, are, of awards. Are we going to go through all these? Please do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let me let me just set aside the next hour and a half so we can get into detail on each one of these winners. No. Mad Max won nine uh, awards. Only nine out of 600? Weak. <laughs> Fucking weak. Uh, yeah, so Mad Max won for Best Director. And I'm just going through the list here. Best Production Design, Best Editing, Best Costume Design, Best Hair and Makeup, Best Visual Effects, Best Action Movie. Best Actor in an Action Movie, Best Actress in an Action Movie. Uh, did it win any more? No, that's it. Uh, I- interestingly, it did not win for Best Film. <laughs> Spotlight won for Best Best Picture. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio won Best Actor for The Revenant. Brie Larson won for Best Actress. Uh, Stallone won Supporting Actor. Uh, Vic Ander won for The Danish Girl for Supporting Actress. Uh, Jacob Tremblay from Room won Best Young Actor. Uh, let's see. Are there any other highlights? I mean, as far as awards go, I'm more okay with the results of this. Other than the fact that Inside Out got Best (laughs) Animated Feature when it clearly should have gone to Anomalisa. You're so hung up on Inside Out. I, man, (laughs) I'm just, I think it's the, the, the Pixar conspiracy is real. I think that they just will automatically win anything. I think you're right. Uh, I also disagree with The Big Short being best comedy because I did not laugh during that movie, and I think that that's a key factor in any comedy is... is Laughing. Laughter, and we'll probably get to that in a little bit when we talk about Moonwalkers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Christian Bale won best actor in a comedy for The Big Short. Uh, what? Again, not really agreeing with that. What? Didn't think he was that funny in that movie. I think Bill Hader was much funnier in Trainwreck. What the hell? Amy Schumer won Best Actress in a Comedy for Trainwreck. I'll agree with that. Oh, that that's perfectly fine. Best Sci-Fi Slash Horror Movie went to Ex Machina. Totally fine with that. Probably would have given it to It Follows. Interestingly, Mad Max was nominated for Best Sci-Fi and for Best Action. And it won for Best Action. What? It's double dipping. Oh, you'll double, double dip. dip. Son of Saul got best foreign language film. 
and more Coney one for best score for the hateful eight surprise yeah we have the full list of movie winners on the site so if you miss the awards and want to check out the, the full list of winners you can do that we just put up the movie ones because if i put up the tv ones it would just be insane so that's the critics choice awards uh unfortunately we had some some losses in in uh the world this week david bowie passed away and right after that like what was it like three days later or something yeah. alan rickman passed away yeah man what the hell terrible the bowie thing was a was a real surprise yeah that was, that was i didn't know i had no idea he was sick i guess he was kind of keeping it under wraps and his new album just dropped yeah too, which uh have you did you listen to it have you i haven't no nah, i've been list, i've been list, i've been uh going crazy with the old records playing yeah, like, nothing listening. but bowie this week yeah, same here. Actually, uh, that, at my uh, at my work, we played nothing but Bowie pretty much all week. Um, Which I've come to the conclusion that Hunky Dory is his best album. Oh, okay. So just throwing that out there. Interesting. Uh, also, the end of this week, Dan Haggerty passed away. Grizzly Adams. Grizzly Adams. He did have a beard. Oh, uh, yes, Grizzly Adams passed away. A lot of people, and I don't know, lot of people passing away in the last yeah, couple this, months. This week, also, uh, Celine Dion's husband, yeah, he passed away, and two, like two days later, her brother passed away. Damn. Yeah, it's fucked up, man. I was really upset about Rickman too, actually. I like Rickman. I love Alan Rickman. Ah, uh, so yeah, kind of a shitty week, all in all. Yeah. A couple trailers to mention this week. 10 Cloverfield Lane. What the fuck is this? So, is this Cloverfield? Is this a sequel to Cloverfield? People don't really know. <laughs> We're not really sure what this is. It's supposed it's like a pseudo it's a spiritual sequel. Okay. Maybe maybe it's a spiritual sequel to to Cloverfield. So it's um directed by Dan Trachtenberg who Who the fuck uh, is Dan Trachtenberg? Uh, those of you listening may be familiar with the Totally Rad Show, which was a it was like a podcast. It was a video podcast. It was around uh, a while back, and I was a big big fan of that show. And Dan Trachtenberg <coughs> actually left the show to become a director. He did a a fan film. He did a Portal fan film, and it was like a short film based on the game Portal. You should check it out. First of all, it's excellent. And because of that short film that he made, it kind of, uh, you know, Hollywood came a knocking once they saw that. <laughs> so, God damn, fucking it, white men have to do like the bare minimum to get Hollywood to come knocking, don't they? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I made a Facebook, Facebook portal. Here's all of, all of our money. Just make an well, action film for us, please. Well, I mean, you I, I agree with you, hopes. but. I agree with you, but I mean, not to discount what he did with that. No, film, no, because it's ex- it is excellent. If you check I'm it out, sure, it's great. But it just seems like the leaps that these guys get to make is just insane. Yeah, and what's happening a lot more lately too, especially because Disney seems to be at the forefront of that. Where you know they're, I mean, I well, think they that got, that's yeah, when I mean, they got like thirty-four Star Wars movies to make. Uh, I think that well, I think that that's what really turned the whole comic book movie thing around is when they were like, "Hey, you know what? Instead of just getting jobbers to do these 
superhero movies so we can print money, let's actually get some uh, interesting indie directors in on this and see what they do. And I think that that's really when things started turning around for them. Yeah, well, anyway. they, well they did. They got that guy that made that Portal Phantom. Oh, well, I, I think that if you if you check out the trailer for 10 Cloverfield Lane, uh, it, it's a very mysterious trailer. It doesn't give a lot away. Uh, so I, I'm intrigued. It's going to be, I think it's going to be a very contained film. It's not going to be, from what I understand, most of it takes place in kind of like a bomb shelter, like a fallout shelter. And so we got three actors in it, from what I understand. And that's um, John Goodman, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and that guy from uh, Short Term 12. Oh, John, John Gallagher. Yeah, yeah. John Gallagher. I like him. So... I'm very intrigued. I don't I don't know what to expect from this movie, but the the trailer is pretty tense. So, yeah, check it out. Uh-oh. I like the first Cloverfield. I think that if I went back and watched it now, it would feel dated just because it's found footage and that came out right at the beginning of the whole found footage resurgence. So I think that now it'd feel tired, but back then it was it was definitely unique. I haven't seen it. I do want to see it. I I liked it. You I don't, know, I don't know if you would like it or not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if you'd like it. Uh, a teaser trailer for uh, J- Jeremy Saulnier's Green Room Ooh. came out. Yes, yes. Excited. Any any of you that are familiar with uh, what I like in movies, it has will, all of that. Will know that. Will know that I am all about this one. You're all in. I am all in. Patrick Stewart playing a neo-Nazi who's hunting who's hunting a, a punk rock group. Yes, please. <laughs> I am all about this movie. Oh, uh, yeah, th- another very tense teaser trailer. It doesn't give a whole lot away, but I uh, really am excited for this. Finally, Paul Verhoeven's L got a, an international trailer. So this trailer that came out, didn't post it up on the site because there's no subtitles. It's in French, and so it's difficult to really understand exactly what's happening. If you read the synopsis, it, it helps with the trailer, but uh, really excited about this one, too. Um, where did this come from? Like, where, it's where like, the movie? <clears throat> yeah, like I, I, I haven't heard anything about this, and then all of a sudden it just pops up the other day. Yeah. I'm like, and it's got Isabella Huppert? Mm-hmm. What? And it looks like it's going to be amazing, too. So What the hell's going on here? Yeah, really, really excited for this one. It uh, looks like it's going to be... I don't, I, don't know what, I don't know what to expect with this. Definitely, it's a thriller of sorts. Uh, it's about a, a woman who gets attacked during a home invasion and kind of is trying to figure out who was the perpetrator. So there's kind of a mystery element, but then she's also trying to, like take care of her dysfunctional family so it looks like there's gonna be a lot of elements to it and uh i don't know uh i could say probably we could say some early awards buzz for hubert in this because it looks like it's gonna be a really strong role for her nice yeah nice that's it for the news let's go ahead and get into our review for the week so basically nothing came out this week so that's why we're going to be covering moonwalkers Lie. This is for the special 200th episode. <laughs> this is this is a, a bonus for everybody. This is a treat for all. All of those listening, 
Moonwalkers. This is directed by Antoine <laughs> Bardot-Jacquet. The much-anticipated Moonwalkers. Here we go. Biggest film was... of 2016. <laughs> Already. Already. I have a synopsis here. After failing to locate the legendary Stanley Kubrick, an unstable CIA agent must instead team up with a seedy rock band manager to develop the biggest con of all time, staging the moon landing. This stars Rupert Grint and Ron Perlman. <sighs> I wrote a review for this. It's up on the site now. Kevin, let's start with you. What would you think of Moonwalkers? I think that you covered it with that deep sigh. Yeah. I think you pretty much got all of it. Yep. I this is this is an odd one mostly cuz it it's like a it's got that like guy Richie feel to it. They're fucking using slow oh, yeah. motion left and right. Oh, just, oh, just so random. It, it was it was almost as if they just rolled it like for each shot they had a dice there and they were like, "All right, 1 through 3, you use the slow-mo, and 4 through 6 or whatever." I don't know. They just rolled a dice. <laughs> all of them came up, use slow-mo, because they use slow-mo all the time. Uh, I think uh, the, I think the dice uh, is more for, like, the duration of the slow-mo. Yeah, so they used, like, a pinwheel. They had, like, a pinwheel that was just divided into two sections. It was, like, slow-mo or no slow-mo. But the slow-mo part was, was a much larger wedge than the non-slow-mo. It was, yeah, it was, like, 80% of the pinwheel is slow-mo. And it's, it's like, a it's... You know, it's a crime movie with this tacked on thing of faking the moon landing, which they discuss a little bit at the beginning. The movie gets completely sidetracked and just that's thrown out the window. And then it's as if they realize like, oh, shit, we have to get back to the whole moon landing thing. And then they try and make up for it in the end by, you know, getting getting their feet back into into the faking the moon landing shtick. And then while they're doing that, again, they seem to be like, well, this isn't that interesting. Let's do some more. Let's do some more ultra violence and let's do it in more slow-mo. And it's just a mismatch of ideas. I don't, there's so many things that are in this movie that just don't really make sense to me and ultimately just completely ruin it. Like the fact that Ron Perlman is a non-veteran that has these hallucinations of what he did Nam, but they don't really go anywhere. Do no, they don't, but it keeps popping up. And it's the only guess that I have is, you know, so they could use the effects of burnt right. people. That, I had, that, was the, uh, that was the only thing I could come up with as to why that was happening was so that they can use that effect that somebody came up with, which was a good effect. I thought it looked good. Well, yeah, I mean, the effects but, in this movie do look pretty good. They look pretty good, but... Yeah, it, but that takes up such a large chunk at the beginning. Is him and his hallucinations, and you're like, oh, I wonder how this is going to play into the overall story. And then it just kind of disappears until he does some drugs to kind of to chill out. Mm-hmm. And then you know you have this long montage of Ron Perlman being on drugs, which just I why? I mean, it looks kind of cool. Some of the effects, like the astronauts with the giant eyeball. And the guy fiddling with his wires. Yeah. But then another thing is, you know, they use the excuse of the swinging 60s to just try and get as many topless women into <laughs> each frame as possible for no reason whatsoever. And then they even do it during his drug that where he's, you know, he's 
he has the visions of the, I guess, his love interest or whatever the hell that's supposed to be. Well, and they don't it, do anything with that. They don't, either, they don't so. do anything with that either. But while he's like focusing on her, it's like her sitting on the couch and her lay down on the bed, and her lay down on the couch. And then the next thing, you know, all of a sudden there's just a random woman beside her topless. And it's like, you're just looking for any excuse to get topless women. Because right after that, then the whole room fills up with topless women. And it's like, why? What the fuck <laughs> is this? It's a smorgasbord. Like, you're just trying to get tits in everywhere you can. There's no reason for this. It's so juvenile. Yeah, I think I think uh, this is definitely the mark of a, of a first-time director. I think this is his first, this guy's first feature. And it just seemed like he had so many ideas that he was just like, I, I want to put everything in this. And it, and as a result, it's uh, it's very messy movie it's very inconsistent and it's it just it has no clear voice whatsoever because there's just so there's there's so many different things that he puts in here that uh none of it really coalesces it the 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 violence uh feels very out of place and random and well they they are they are stuck on that effect of a head exploding yeah they do that being blown four times yeah Lots of heads being blown off in this <laughs> for some reason. Um, and yeah, like you said, lots of slow-mo scenes that definitely feel out of place as well. The Guy Ritchie vibe is, it is in full effect. I mean, this is this is definitely the, the Guy Ritchie. They even, um, they even played, uh, they, they even take the music cues and try to do the same with the, like the music cues in this. Yeah. Uh, I think they're, what was it, the specials they play in this? Guy Richie likes to use them as well. I think it was the specials. Um, and here's here's a small thing, but it's a big thing for me. They just, I don't understand the inclusion of this. So you have Ron Perlman, who shows up at Rupert Grint's shithole flat that he shares with Robert Sheehan, who tries to fake playing Kubrick. Um so he shows up and he's like, oh, you, you know, big time movie director lives in the shithole flat with his with his manager, like like a bunch of faggots. Now, yeah. wh- why? Why? What? Like, why do you need to have that in there? They made a couple derogatory statements because he calls or maybe it was the general, the army general. that. Yeah. When he kind of points out that he's like, not all not all Englishmen are, are homosexuals. They just act that way. Which, yeah, kind of ridiculous. But why you got to go full on, full on F word? Yeah, like what the f- what the fuck does that add? It adds nothing. Just it's just a it's a period piece, man. That's just how which, you talk back. Then. Yeah, which I can see that too. But it, it didn't really like if you didn't have that in there. I'm not at the end of the film going to be like, well, you know, Ron Perlman's character was pretty good, but he didn't seem a hundred percent authentic because I never heard him. Heard him drop that, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. It's just, it, there's no reason for it. It's just something. Yeah, that, I, I, yeah I agree. It, 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 it irked me a little bit, too. Because as soon as you hear it, you're just like, why? Why? What was the point but, of that? Well, that was, I mean, that was one of the things about this, is that every single character is basically just a caricature of, you know, random 60s stereotype. You have, like, the, you know, the stuck-up, the general, the, the you know... The square, the square general, and then you have like the the, the weird hippies and oh, hippies. 
Everybody was on drugs this, this, the whole movie, which bothered me. Dropping their Because I found it really annoying. <clears throat> it's just, why? Why? But the thing is, it's billed as a comedy, and it's not, I... It's not funny. I didn't find any of it to be funny at all. It was just, it was all so over the top and, and goofy that I just couldn't take any of it. Uh, seriously, I don't know if it was meant to be taken seriously, but at the same time, I didn't find it funny either in a goofy way the only thing that made me laugh this is a, this is a small thing <laughs> and i don't know why it made me laugh but just thinking about it now is, was kind of funny when the the director that they get met first met the 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 rock star guy that well the wannabe rock star guy that rupert grant was managing and they went to shake each other's hands and they both had the limp wrist and they just held him held him up and like looked looked at each other like what do we do with this the only thing that made I thought that was funny the only thing that made me laugh was when ron perlman was high and he was fiddling with that door handle <laughs> that was it that, and that only got like a chortle out of me where i'm just like <laughs> door handles there was one chortle that i had when they were trying to plant the flag in in the the fake moon set that they had and they were really struggling with planting that flag in and that that made me chortle. But yeah, other than that, not a lot of laughs to be had with this movie. It just wasn't uh, the jokes just didn't land to me. They were everything felt very lowbrow and not not in a good way either. Uh, and there was even numerous points throughout the movie where I'm thinking to myself, are are we even trying to be funny? You know, like know. a lot of times, you, you know, if I don't find a film funny, I can at least identify. You can identify the humor. Like, this is a joke that didn't work. This is yeah, the like, type of comedy that didn't work for me. You know, it's just not my comedy. Right. But throughout this movie, I'm just like, I, where, where is this an attempt at comedy? Because it gets so ch- sidetracked with, you know, heads exploding. How many times they do that? That I just, I, nothing, nothing in this movie works for me. No, it was just the, just the, the plot, the narrative of this is so ridiculous and illogical too that i was just like oh god and when when something like that when a movie like that comes along it is very difficult for me to be invested in it because i'm just not buying any of what's happening on screen and i just i can't i can't lose myself into this movie because i'm just it's so ridiculous that i just you know can't be invested in it because i mean the the way that the our government acted was unbelievable they just and this is a mi- this is a minor spoiler, but they they basically towards the end of the movie just send a team to kill everybody. <laughs> like they just send they just send in a group to pretty much kill. And everybody. they all come in with shotguns, <laughs> and it's just like what? They would not, they would not <laughs> what be is happening using... here. Yeah, let's send in the CIA. Let's send them in with the loudest fucking guns we can find. Yeah, that won't it's... that won't draw any attention to what's going on, and we'll just murder like eighty people in this warehouse. Shotguns. Yeah, you know, and they put they put one guy in charge of faking the moon landing. Hey, let's get let's get Ron Perlman, who just got back from Vietnam, and he's yeah. having a really tough time adjusting. Let's put <laughs> yeah, him yeah. in charge of faking the moon landing. Yeah, so uh, which I don't understand. Really, after right off the bat, where you're like, oh shit! Once Perlman finds out, like, oh, that's not the real Stanley Kubrick. You're at. Kubrick, you go back to see Kubrick's agent 
why don't you just be like, get me the real Kubrick? Yeah, I know. Get, get the real there. one on the phone. That's it. I don't know. I don't understand why he wouldn't just do that. I also have a really hard time believing that he would think that that guy was Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, well, and and it took him that long to figure out that Stanley Kubrick is not British. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, but I, I, uh, you know they try and make up for it with the fact that when Ron Perlman punches people, it sounds like he hits them with a a, a like a bar of gold. <laughs> Like, the sound effect for him punching people is ridiculous. Yeah, if you want to see Ron Perlman do his thing and be, be a badass, you you might like this movie. That's, you the, might that's really out, the but... only selling point to this. Yeah. If you want to see Ron Perlman punch a bunch of people and, you know, cause some heads to explode, yeah. then get yourself down to Moonwalkers. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's really the only thing. There were, uh, there was at least, there was a couple drug trip scenes in this movie. I think that if you have a drug trip scene in a movie, it should only be one at most. I hate drug trip scenes for the most part. And, uh, the, the ones in this movie were particularly annoying to me, especially the one when the guy took shrooms and was trying to talk to Rupert Grint and they added the, the whole, like, uh, that lent the... Oh yeah, where they just affect thing with his head. Yeah, that lens thing. Uh, oh, it's just all these excuses for them to just do some effects. It looks more like a demo reel than like an actual movie. Yeah, yeah. Because there's so many portions of this where they just go, you know, montage music video style. Mm-hmm. And it's just a waste of fucking time. Yep, yep. Wasted my here. fucking morning. <laughs> Yeah, I was not into Moonwalkers. Uh, if you want to see Moonwalkers, it is playing in limited release on and on VOD right now, so you can rent it if you so desire. Not to, not so sure the Harry Potter fans are going to be into this one with uh, old Rupert Grint. <laughs> Rupert Grint. <laughs> All right, let's give this thing a score. I gave it a 3 out of 10, and that's... Looking back now, after this review, that's uh, generous three. <laughs> that's a that's a really generous three. Oh, man. Um, I'm going to give it a two. All right. There you have it. That's Moonwalkers. That's our big 200th episode review. Moonwalkers. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about that. All of our podcasts are just, just a series of us apologizing. <laughs> yeah. It's one apology. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna change the name to the We're Sorry podcast and just sorry, sorry, sorry about this. All the names that we've butchered over the years. I would I would like a supercut of just all this that, <laughs> of the struggles, the struggles. Please do that. Please work on that. Just a a supercut of us butchering all the names, all of them. Yeah, all of them. I don't know if you have enough time to do that. Yeah, uh, there's a lot. It happens a lot. Almost every episode, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is every episode. We could say there's at least 200 name fuck-ups on our show. Minimum. At a minimum. Minimum 200. The best part is when we see additional films by the same you know, director, actor, etc. And we, and we don't learn the actual name and in, we, in the, and we in the up, interim. We end up fucking it up with like 12 different Multiple ways. times, yeah. yeah. We come what up with we, new ways to fuck up their name. I think what we need to do is just have it 
Just say the name, and if you fucked up, don't dwell on it. Just just move past it. No, someone the, needs the problem that we dwell on it, and we att- we make like five attempts to to just pronounce the name. Just make it, it makes it so just much keep worse. Just digging that hole deeper. Yeah, someone he, needs to come up. Someone needs to make a database of just all the names in film and just the correct pronunciation. Yeah, let's work on that. Well, see, the, the problem is that the type of movies that we watch and the type of movies that we typically cover on this show are not the mainstream movies where you you hear the name being spoke a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah, but let's not let's not overlook the fact that we could probably do like a little bit of research. Oh, maybe, but I mean, but even we're those... <laughs> we're we're so unprepared with what we well, do. Not, I mean, some sometimes I do try to find interviews or whatever where someone's name is being pronounced but i mean what's the big deal anyway but i do love the couple times that we've done that and we've we focused on one like interview or something where they say their name but that person fucked it up yeah and then we take (laughs) it as the the correct way and we just perpetuate it yep yep anyway let's talk about some of what we've been watching as i said i only have one movie so we'll start with you kevin uh, I started off the week with Fox and His Friends from 1975. This is Fox and Friends. Fox and His Friends. Uh, yeah. I don't think that the Fox the Fox show News? is based off of this Fox News show because this is a Fossbender movie, and I don't oh. think they would really be into this one at all. Um, this is it's. I saw this on Hulu, and they have you know almost all of Fossbender's movies on there. Um, it's rather predictable given the storyline. Uh, and then on top of that, it's a bit over long because it's like 120 minutes, like a little over two hours or something like that. Um, but storyline makes up for it. Performances make up for it, especially Fosbitter, who actually plays the, the lead character, Fox, who starts off as a guy that is a, a talking head at a circus show. Just, you know, just his head. And uh, the best mm-hmm. part is he wears a denim jacket and oh. on the back, Fox in rhinestones oh yeah pretty nice pretty badass jacket uh what this guy does is he kind of cons people or tries to get money out of people just to buy lottery tickets he's obsessed with the lottery because he's gonna strike it big he does he wins a shit ton of money and then he gets these new friends hence fox and his friends see Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i got it these new friends they're in a different social class you know so he's he's moving up the ladder, but he's not really fitting in. And he's having trouble fitting in. And uh, they start fleecing him for all of his money. They're just he's helping he's helping his new boyfriend get his uh company out of financial danger. He's buying new apartments, fancy furnitures, getting these new suits, ties that look like dinner napkins, fucking getting everything, right? But and as you can tell, you know, I'm telling you this storyline here, you can pretty much venture a guess to how this is all going to end for him, um, which is the the predictable part of this is at the beginning, you kind of, it's kind of mapped out for you. You can see exactly where this is going to go. And it doesn't really surprise you. It goes exactly where you think it's going to go. Um, it is interesting to see Fosbender doing another, yet another movie where his main character is like seen as playing the victim and woe is me and all that. But it is interesting to kind of see that he never paid for anything before he made all this money. And then the people are fleecing him after he wins all this money. And he tries to make this, you know, 
make these comments on class and you know mm. everything like that but it, it's kind of i saw it as more of a cup up it's for for fox himself because he's been doing it for years and now it's happening to him so but you know the way that they said it you, you know you have when the proletariat does it it's fine it's him surviving but then when you have the bourgeoisie doing it to him then it's oh my god these people are terrible but they're both doing the same damn thing and the a lot of the visuals make up for it too. There's some great sequences in there. Cool. And that's uh, Fox and his friends. Fox and his friends. Available on Hulu. Uh, I saw a movie called In the Basement, directed by Ulrich Seidel. Ooh, this is okay. Yeah, this is a relatively new one by the guy who did the Paradise trilogy, which I was a huge fan of. I gotta say, I'm I love this guy. I I'm gonna go back and try to watch more of his his uh, filmography because I am uh, definitely in to this guy's stuff. Well, you you share that with my wife? Because this is because that's what she's doing this year. She's going to try and see all of his. A lot of them are on Fandor, actually. Just a heads oh, up. Oh, really? Yeah, there's a decent cool. amount of them on there. Well, I will be. Uh, I'm gonna probably start going through shortly and and just try to check out all his stuff because this is the fourth one that I've seen and uh, I was a big fan of it at, f- at first I loved it then it, it started to lose me and then by the end uh, the aftermath as in a couple days later I was still kind of dwelling on it I was still thinking about it pondering over it if you will and uh, yeah so it's it's a pretty I don't know I don't know what to say about this movie so basically it's a dir- it's a documentary and it kind of just it just explores the lives of people and what they do in their basements and it sounds kind of boring but the stuff that these people do is not necessarily boring first of all i don't know how i found these people um some of them some of them are pretty like droll like he'll he'll cut to just uh, a a basement that has a couple like a couple washers and a dryer in it and it's just people standing there. And he kind of positions them. Like, he he frames them. And he just has them stand there. And they don't say anything. They don't do anything. They just stare at the camera. And he fixes the camera in place, like, on a tripod and just has it there. And it'll just static shot for, like, 10 seconds or 15 seconds. And then he'll cut to the next thing. And it's like, huh? Just them hanging out doing basement stuff. Yeah. But not not even that. Like, literally just standing there doing nothing. <laughs> And then he'll cut to, like, uh, one of the early ones is a basement that there's nothing in it except a giant aquarium that has a huge freaking, I don't know if it's a boa constrictor or a python or some giant snake, and it eats a gerbil, or not a gerbil, a guinea pig. It eats a guinea pig. Can you just see that? It's just a guy hanging out watching. Uh, It's definitely a weird little movie there are some shocking moments there was one moment in particular and there's a lot of kind of sexual stuff in it too which that's when it started to lose me when it started going into because like they're one of the people is uh they're like a sadomasochist uh, and there's a there's one couple that's kind of um like a submissive uh what it was what is it uh bdsm oh okay yeah the the like the bondage um where like the, the 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 female was like she was like his master and she like made him 
clean the toilet by licking it and stuff. Oh, Jesus yeah, there's some gross stuff. There's a lot of gross stuff in it. There's a lot of a lot of wiener going on in this movie. Yeah, there's actually uh, a lot of penis in uh, Fox and his friends too. Just a heads up. Oh, okay. Which there, <laughs> I did. There was one. Sorry to cut, but that just reminded me of something. On Letterbox, when I was, you know, I read through reviews after I write mine, and there was one guy where it's just like he's just going through like. Just says like basic statements and sentence form, da, 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 da. and then like the fourth one is just like most of the characters are homosexuals, and then just back on to like the movie itself. And it's just <laughs> like what? Why? That's, that's, a key, <laughs> why is, that's a key. Why is that a sentence you threw in there? That's a bullet point. That's a bullet point. Apparently. Um. So yeah, a lot of the a lot of the the ones that deal with the the couples and the people that that do sex stuff. Uh, I didn't find that too interesting. It was okay, I guess. But it, th- that felt like uh, the stuff was kind of in there more for shock value. But there was one that literally made me gasp. Like, I, I can't remember the last time I went <gasps> like that while watching a movie. <laughs> but And, and it, was, it was funny because it was like I was watching this by myself. And it was like a completely involuntary thing. Like, it caught me by surprise. So much so to the point where I actually audibly gasped. <laughs> and it wasn't anything, it's nothing, um, you know, it's nothing horrific or anything, but it's just, because you spend a little bit of time with this character before this reveal happens. So it is, it's just really shocking. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's just an interesting movie. It's not for everyone. I think most people probably will not like this. Hmm. Because it's just people in their basement doing their stuff. Doing basement stuff. Doing basement stuff. It's pretty short, though. It's only 81 minutes long, so it, it come, get, gets in and gets out pretty quickly. Uh, one of the people that you spend a bunch of time with, uh, he works at a gun range that's in a basement, but he likes to sing opera. So he'll be hanging out in a gun range, singing opera with his old dog. <laughs> and then occasionally he'll shoot a gun or two. Hmm. Just a weird. It's just a weird little movie. It is very, very odd. Well, basements are a weird place. And if you look at the any of the posters, you'll see that it is. Yes, it is very odd. Especially the one on Letterbox with the girl, the naked woman in the cage. Jesus. She just hangs out in a cage sometimes. Whatever. Wow. So anyway, basements. that's in the basement. Available on Netflix. Basements. What a weird place. Uh, I rewatched uh, Tears of God. Which we kind of we discussed a little bit during our year-end podcast. I think that was the one. I'm not sure. Probably. I don't have a good memory when it comes to this stuff. Uh, rewatched this one in order to write a review. And if this comes out this year, this is one of the year's best. I'll say that again. Uh, so there's that. Obviously, I have a review up on the site, so you can check that out. But my God, do I love this thing! The the visuals alone are just fantastic. And you got a mix of, you got your static stationaries, got those static shots, which of course, they, you know, they kind of, they kind of linger for a while, a little bit more than maybe necessary, but that, that adds that, adds that, uh, that sense of menace that, we, that you can do with the static shot. And then you have on the other side of things, you have these like untethered wandering camera work going on, kind of like Malik, but not, not Malik at all, if you can, if that makes any sense, which it probably doesn't. But uh, they, I, I, I kind of, I kind of get. 
But it's more so where you know someone is has a camera in their hand and they're just walking around because there's one one uh, sequence in particular, Samuel Herring, who front man of Future Islands, plays like a priest who's running this little church, this place of worship or whatever. And it's in this like rundown auditorium or movie theater or whatever it is. And while he's given his like his sermon, the camera is like walking through the aisles and like comes down to him and then walks to the back of, you know, like the back row and then goes down that row and comes down the other side, comes down through this aisle. And it's just all over the place while he's giving this sermon. And it works really well in the sense that it it complements the one complements the other. But then also when it finally because throughout the entire film, you're wondering what the hell's going on. Why are these people doing these things? Uh, there is a decent amount of violence in this movie, and it's really unflinching when it happens. It's just like extreme close-ups of people being stabbed and stuff, which is very disturbing. Um, but it never really tips its hand as to what what's happening, what's going on, why are these things being done to other people, you know, until the very end where it kind of it gives you a little bit of meaning and kind of explains the actions, but at the same time, it makes them even more so opaque and cryptic than they were to begin with, even though it explains them. It's just, it's extraordinary. So keep an eye out for this sucker when it comes out. This is directed by Robert Hillier Barnett. How'd you see this? This is American Indies, man. This is American Indies. Gotta get them. I got a screener. Got Got the old screener. Yeah, I wanted to check this one out. Oh my goodness. The, the, the landscapes, the snow. There's one sequence where it's just Caitlin Shiel just wandering around in the snow, and it's like a complete whiteout, and it just looks amazing. It's just her wandering around, and you just got the camera falling around, and it's just like I could watch this for seventy minutes, honestly. Cool. That's Tears of God. Tears of God. And you're done, right? And you only yeah, I'm done. Mine. I'm done. Yep. <laughs> You just watched the basement movie. And then well, you, again, I've been, like, oh, I'm done. I've been, um, I've been continuing my festival stuff. Oh so yeah, that's right. That's right. We'll be, uh, we'll going, be talking more about going uh, slam dance slam and some dance and all that. Yeah. Uh, I also started, so it's kind of hard for me to. I've been trying to squeeze some movies in here and there because I started making a murder, and that's been taking up a decent amount of time. Yeah. Uh, so I saw. Another Howard Hawks movie. So this is my second in as many weeks. Going hard on Howard Hawks in 2016. <laughs> hard on Hawks. Hard on Hawks. 2016. So I watched uh, one of the classics, The Big Sleep from 1946, uh, with Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall, uh, based on a Raymond Chandler novel, and getting some screenplay help from William Faulkner, which I, again, kind of shows my ignorance. I didn't know Faulkner was in the movies. Um, this is this is right up your alley, Adam. Right. The movie Taylor made for you, that old school noir feel, and it's just rapid dialogue, snappy script. Script is tight, dialogue's great. Um, some of the old timey dialogue um, comes off a bit humorous now in 2016, and I mean humorous in the like what the fuck type of sense, where you're just like, are you kidding me? Um, Humphrey Bogart is trying to get this guy at a bookstore. So he goes to the bookstore across the street because this town has a shit ton of bookstores, apparently. And there's a woman working there and they start flirting. And she's like, well, you know, it's raining. You got to wait for this guy. So why don't you just kind of hang out here? 
And he's like, well, I do have a bottle of bourbon in my pocket. So he's just, just carrying around bourbon. The 40s must have been amazing. So she's like, oh, let's close the store. She closes the store because this guy has a bottle of bourbon in his pocket. Imagine that playing out now in 2016. If you went into a bookstore, you started flirting with one of the employees, and then you were like, I have a bottle of bourbon in my pocket. They would call the police. So they go in the back room. She's wearing glasses. So he starts getting his stuff out, and he's like, do you, do you have to? Do you have to wear the glasses? Like, if Humphrey Bogart's just, he is against glasses for some reason. They just make her look terrible, apparently. So she takes off the glasses, and of course she turns around, and it's, oh my God, she's amazingly beautiful now that the glasses are gone. And he's in the middle of saying, like, you know, small things can really make huge improvements. And of course she spins around during this time in the middle of that sentence. He's like, oh, hello, you're actually gorgeous. And it's like, fucking Christ, they're just glasses. And then, you know, he's slapping women left and right. (laughs) And he even makes a point of like the one time it's like late at night. And he's like, I don't slap too well at this time at night. It's just, (laughs) what what the fuck? Why is, (laughs) like, do you get tired of slapping throughout the day? Like, how often are you slapping people? And then Lauren calls that this, there's there's this gambling den that he goes to, which is a fantastic shot. He goes into the lobby of this because he's going to meet this guy that's involved with this huge crime caper that's going on. And it's all these bits and pieces to it that he's figuring out. And when he walks into the gambling den, they kind of have the camera in the middle of the lobby and they kind of do a, like a pivot point scan of all the different rooms and stuff. And it, it looks fantastic. And Lauren McCall's there and she's singing a song, a little ditty. And the song is all about like domestic violence, about like a husband beating the shit out of his wife or his girlfriend it's just the main point is it's a man beating the shit out of a woman and the woman crying and stuff and this is a fun song like people are harmonizing with her and they're just having a great time and all the lyrics to the song are about a guy beating the shit out of a woman and her crying and that was like entertainment back then so not only did women have to put up with men slapping them beating them they also got to sing little ditties about them to entertain men. Jesus. Wonderful. It had to be such a fucking rough time. My God. Yeah. But uh, the, I kind of got sidetracked by all the all that stuff. The noir stuff is, is great. It's fantastic to see all the bit. There's so many characters in this movie and so many moving bits to it. And it's, it's a bit difficult to keep up with because there's so much going on. But man, it's pretty fantastic. Cool. That's the big sleep classic. Big sleep. The the old timey accent that you're referring to is actually called the transatlantic accent. The transatlantic. Yeah, I did some research on it. Okay. Yeah, it's called the transatlantic or mid Atlantic accent. And one of the theories behind why uh, people used to talk like that in movies was uh, due to technological restraints because of how audio was captured. Um, the um, like the the base uh, base technology was yeah. not really there, hmm. so they had to pronounce things in a very specific way in order to for the audio to to pick it up clearly. That makes sense. I don't have to read up on that. And another interesting thing is, you know, Lauren Bacall is a great actress and everything, and this is one of her big movies. Um, I didn't, I wasn't. I mean, she's fine. I wasn't really that um, blown away by her performance, but. 
the woman that plays her sister in this movie, uh, Martha Vickers, her character is is kind of out of place, but fantastic in the sense that she feels like she's from a different time period, like a different time period of movies. Mm. She, her character is so bizarre. Hmm. She's just so odd. And every time she shows up, it's like she's from the future. <laughs> and it just it's like you do not belong in this movie everything's like really old timey in that classic hollywood sense and then here she shows up and she's just completely different and she's bizarre and she's acting very strange and she's high most of the time and it's just i wish she was in the movie more honestly hmm. all right let's go over some predictions Right along two, you said 38, I said 41, actual 14. Yeah, okay. 13 hours, secret soldiers of Benghazi. Ugh, God. Even the title for that movie is ridiculous. We have a review for this up on the site, actually, and Blake gave it a 6 out of 10, so he actually thought it was pretty good. I actually heard, like, decent things. Like, that it's, he actually does a good job. So, 13 hours. You said 20, I said 42. Actual 59 on that. See? Look at that. Uh, this is this is the best one of the week here. Norm of the North. You said zero. <laughs> I said 12. Actual zero. Yes! <laughs> yes! Oh, my God. Is that the first time we ever, either one of us has ever yes. nailed a accurately zero? Predi- ac- accurately predicted a zero, yeah. Well, now that so makes the whole 200th episode like it's actually special now. Yeah, zero. It is zero, a milestone. Zeroed in on a zero, nailed it. It is so rare that that because there's ultimately some somebody somewhere is gonna like. Well, especially a movie like this. that where it's like an animated feature, you right? Know because that it's gonna be someone that's gonna be very generous and be like, "Well, it's for kids. It's not that bad." Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we we read some of the reviews out for Alvin and the Chipmunks Road Trip. Yeah, and... I mean, Road Trip or Road Trip got some favorable yeah, reviews. There, what was the? I'm just gonna say it right now. <laughs> I liked this movie or whatever. Oh, that was great. Oh man. Yeah. So, Norm of the North, apparently not great. I've I've been looking forward to this moment ever since we started, and it kind of justifies. All the time spent with everything Predicting. that we've done. You know, watching movies like Moonwalkers and Enter the Dangerous Mind and all that shit. Oh, finally did EDM. it. EDM. EDM. Uh, all right. Next week, you you do a pretty good job of avoiding those, though. I'm usually the one that gets hit with... Well, this is usually, really when, this is usually when it happens, too. Yeah, it's when it's when we're in the graveyard shift here, and there's nothing fucking coming out. Yeah, so we gotta just bottom of the barrel, watch Moonwalkers. Well, unfortunately, we just I watched, think like Galaxy Quest or something. Instead, well, you know, I I was gonna do that. I was gonna try to get with you and and like see if we could do like a Bowie retrospective or something. But it just the timing. Yeah, we just didn't. Off. We, didn't we just didn't have enough time. time to put it together. Unfortunately, Plus, I don't feel comfortable being flippant. And irreverent when someone just passed away. Yeah, you know what I mean, exactly. like talking about their films, and it's kind of yeah. don't want to do that. Next week, this is next week is going to be a lot like this week. I think, unfortunately, we have the fifth wave, which is a the trailer for it's, this. It's a young adult the trailer thing. It just makes it look like one of the worst things. I, I don't think I've seen the trailer for this. I, I know. 
that it has Chloe Grace Moretz, but that's really all in it. It's like a post-apocalyptic thing, yeah. I think, right? right? And there's there's five waves. Oh, there's five. Yeah. Five, five, okay. What's this five do? waves? Five waves of what? Well, they explain it to you on the in the trailer there. What's what is it? Okay. Yeah, they're like four waves have already hit, and I guess this movie is it's about the fifth wave coming. Like literal waves, or is it like it's waves like, of like wave, Yeah, like waves of apocalyptic stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, coming. Uh, I'm gonna say twenty on this. Uh, the first wave is darkness. Wave two is destruction. Wave three, infection. You always have to have infection. In there. Of course. Yeah. Wave four, invasion. That's when the aliens come. Fifth wave. Who knows what the fuck's gonna happen? You gotta watch. First but wave. Fifth party wave. time. <laughs> that would be that would be interesting if the aliens came down and they just wanted to hang out. Yeah. And have a good time. That'd be different. I'm gonna say uh, twenty. That's what I said. <laughs> can't pick my score. I forgot. Uh, 18. All right. Uh, next, uh, okay, we also have The Boy. This is a horror film. Is this the one you saw? No. Okay. That's a different one. A lot of movies called The Boy. I think the, the one that I saw, the one with Rain Wilson, that was just called Boy, I think. Okay. That one was good. Seek that one out. This no, one, that, one's so called, sure. that one's called The Boy. Is it? Soon. Uh, Craig William McNeil, and they're both horror movies too. So yeah, it's, it's like, yeah. I mean, if they were completely different, this one's about uh, a doll that comes to life oh, or something. God, this fucking doll shit. <laughs> mm, I love that the horror films. Like to start with, yes, dolls are creepy, sure. and then there's been so many horror films made about creepy ass dolls that I don't find dolls creepy anymore. Because they've kind of been rendered humorous from all. I have no, I have no desire to see this movie at all. Like the only, the only killer doll movie that I will probably seek out would be if they make another Child's Play movie. Any, anytime that a Chucky movie comes out, I you're in. You're in. I'll pro, I'll probably go see it. Because uh, I actually liked the last one that came out a couple of years ago. I like that series. So. So. I gotta give this a score. Yep. Um, twenty-seven. Okay. Uh, I'll say uh twenty-four on that one. Mm-hmm. Tw- mm-hmm. Twenty-four. I think that that is. Oh no! Wait, no. There is. There is another one here. Dirty Grandpa. Ooh. No, Dirty Grandpa. This looks terrible to me. I, I have no desire. To see this someone whatsoever sold this idea another person bought this idea and they got a bunch of people to sign up for it that just blows my mind what happened to robert de niro and the fact that you get robert de niro to be one of the people to sign up for it it's just i hope there's a documentary about this at some point in time with how all <laughs> this came about did you ever notice how all of the like the classic actors from back in the day like, you know, De Niro, Walken, Pacino, they're all doing these goof goofball comedies now. Yeah. It's uh I wonder if they make them. I don't know. I don't know what what's going on with that. It's the only way to give, you know, roles to That's that's the equivalent of like putting them out to pasture. Yeah. Making you, them do goofball comedies do, until do, they fade into obscurity. You have to do these comedies. 
if you want to keep working. All right. Dirty Grandpa. I'll say 36 on that one. I'm going to say 32. It's directed by the guy who did a bunch of the Sasha Baron Cohen stuff. He did like some of the Ali G stuff, and he did um, what was the last one? The the, the dictator, the the was it uh, just called the dictator, or what was what what was? I think he also did uh, Bruno. Yeah, the dictator. Yeah, I think also, it's the same director. He also directed he directed five episodes of Dog Bites Man. If you remember that show from Comedy Central. Yes, I do. With Matt Walsh and Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> yes, I do remember that. And Andrew Savage. Uh, I com- I forgot about it until just now. When you same here. It. As soon as I saw it, I was like, wait a second. Is that that show? Yep, I remember that show. I enjoyed that show. Me too. Uh, I think that's it for, for wide releases next week. In limited release, we have Mojave, Terminus, Nas and Malik, Itmon 3, which features Mike Tyson for some reason. Not sure why. Interesting choice. Interesting choice. Yeah, I'm not sure what that's gonna, how that's gonna play out. Synchronicity, Monster Hunt, which is a very, very popular Asian film. Okay. I think it's actually the highest grossing really uh, film in in China. I want to say, yeah, it's it's huge. I think it's like a Pokemon type thing. Okay. Uh, affirm or affirm. See this. Remember this for the for the supercuts. Yeah, I heard good things about it, but I don't I don't know how to pronounce it because I'm an idiot. Uh, Martyrs, which is the remake of Martyrs, got to have that English remake in there. Oh, and especially like after a lot of time has passed, and then you yeah. know usher it out in January. Perfect decision. I'll be seeing it. I have a screener, so I'll be I'll, I'll be reporting is, back on that one. Is anyone like actually in this? No, it's it's a no. I don't think it's going to be a good remake. I think it's going to be bad. But uh, the interesting thing is, like in all the press uh, emails and stuff, I get to get about this movie. It says it's a, a reimagining, so presumably it's going to be have some different stuff in it than the original one. Yeah. However, the fact that it, they're calling it a reimagining. Where to me, it? that doesn't bode well. Like, that's not a good buzzword to, to be using in this case. Yeah. Basically, it means it's probably going to be like a, a cheap knockoff of the original. Yeah. Uh, and Prescription Thugs. That's a uh, documentary about the prescription drug business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Next week on Video On Demand, uh, I believe Synchronicity comes out. I think Martyrs comes out. Um, do I have anything else in this list? Uh, no. That's all I have on that list. Blu-ray. Next week we have Straight Outta Compton. Oh. Check that out. I do want to see that. I do want to see that. I I do think that, I I don't think I liked it as much as everyone else did, but I still, I still enjoyed it. I still thought it was quite good. Uh, let's see... Nightmare Weekend from 1986 is getting a Blu-ray release. Kind of into that. Everest. Uh, the Intern. A little Robert De Niro comedy. Ooh. Anne Hathaway. Um, Love 3D. I didn't hate that as much as Enter the Void, but uh, I would still probably not recommend checking it out. The Diary of a Teenage Girl. I've been meaning to watch that. Yeah. 
mostly because we had the animator from that movie do some stuff for our site, and I think that's really cool. Gem and the Holograms. Oh. <laughs> uh, this is a small part of me that wants to watch that. I know, same here. I was just going to say that. I, I want to see how much of a train wreck that movie is. The Condemned 2, which is interesting because the first one was terrible and like 10 years later they're coming out with a sequel never stops never stops Uh, yeah not really sure why uh let's see what else that's pretty much it that's pretty much all i got here all right we got on the criterion front we got two criterions one inside lewin davis cohen brothers i love the cover for this that's coming out and uh it's quite jam-packed got the audio commentaries interviews you got an inside documentary making the film. You have a 101-minute concert documentary celebrating the music of the film. You got interviews with Tuba, with Matt, Cohen's. It's just so many things. So many things in this. It's ridiculous. Jam-packed. You got that coming out. And then you got Gilda from 1946 by Charles Vider with uh, Rita Hayworth. That's coming out on the old Blu-ray. Cool. I'm sure I, will, I will probably... Check this one out because I'm trying to watch more of those, uh, more of those classic Hollywoods, 40s and the 50s, and it's a huge blind spot that I have. That's why I'm going hard on that Hawks. Hard on that Hawks. Gotta go hard. Yeah, I hope to watch more classic films this year too. I'm taking a little bit of a different approach this year to my movie watching. Last year, I just tried to watch everything that I possibly could. That was like new releases like new stuff yeah and i think i'm going to take a much more selective approach this year or at least attempt to yeah. if i can it's it's really difficult it when, is... you, when you're trying to cover so much on the well that's the thing you always end up getting sidetracked like at the end yeah. of the year it all goes out the fucking window because we played so much catch up yeah on 2015 releases then you got you know when stuff like slam dance comes around and those types of things, that sidetracks for a little bit of time. Yeah, I know, like, because this is the really the perfect time to be watching classics when there's just nothing coming out. But, yeah. but then it's like, well, if I don't start covering the festivals, then I'm going to be behind with that. And I want to definitely cover these festival releases and stuff. Well, another thing that I did is I saw this on Twitter. The um, I guess it's kind of like this pledge from... Um, womeninfilm.org about 52 films by women you know you watch one a week for a year so i did that because that was one of the things that i was like trying to do a little bit more of this year as well besides the classic hollywood try and watch some more films by women because like last year i thought that i did i was like well i watch plenty of movies by women and then i kind of like went through and i was like oh shit i didn't really watch that many at all and then when I when I made this pledge, I thought I got it on Letterboxd. I'm like, well, I'll just I'll go back. I've already watched like 14 films this year, so I'll go back and retrospectively put the ones that were directed by women. I'll I'll add them to my list. Well, out of those 14, none of them were directed by women, which I figured <laughs> like at least two of them had to be, but apparently not. So I'm also doing that as well. We'll see how that goes. What's the What's the website again? Womeninfilm.org. So go to womeninfilm.org and check out the the pledge there and try to help promote women in film because it's it's definitely something I I think we all need more of and want to see more of for sure. Without a doubt. And then there's also they got 
like on the if you go to womeninfilm.org backslash fifty two dash films, they have even um like a list to like help you out. There's um there's a list of like sixty eight films by women. There's a list of twenty five best films by women. Little Little White Lies has like five or one hundred great films by female directors. There's like to help you out if you're looking cool. to start somewhere. Yeah. But I'm worried that I'm already, you know, you're already behind. I mean, yeah, I'm into week three and I haven't seen any. It's not good. I'll have to look and see if, if, because uh, I didn't really watch much so far this year, but I'll have to look and see what I have. I could try to do it too. Give it I, I have a good, I don't know, for some reason I have a good feeling about 2016 as far as like women in film. I think, um, I think that they will once again be completely s- snubbed when it comes oh, yeah. to like no. awards and things like that. But they're going to be ignored. Unfortunately, but it doesn't mean that they're not out there making great films. Right. Exactly. All right. I think that that's going to do it for this week. Uh, stay tuned. We we are going to be coming back with Ryan Watches a Movie. Scheduling has prevented us from doing an episode, but I promise you, this guy will he, be. He's busy. He's busy. He is guy. so busy right now. He's, I think that I think he the, the fame has just gone. Well, that and then his day trading and his. His lab work. There's just so much that this guy's doing. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll be back this week. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna try to work it out so that we can get back on a normal schedule. With that, um, I have I did assign him a movie this week, so hopefully oh, we'll oh be boy. back. We'll be back at the end of the week with with another episode of Ryan watches a movie. Uh, thank you so much for listening. You can send us your questions and topics to podcast to filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulsekevin. And please take a minute to look at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash filmpulse is the address you can go to for that. Consider helping us out. We're a small indie site and we rely on your support to keep running. Um, coming up on this show in the this week will be the beginning of our slam dance coverage we have i believe 18 movies that we're going to be covering for slam dance somewhere around there oh boy yeah so stay tuned for that um and then next week next weekend we may end up just talking about slam dance for the uh for the show i'm not i'm not sure i'm not going to sundance this year so unfortunately my coverage of that will be limited but uh stay tuned for festival goodies uh for kevin rakestraw my name's adam patterson we'll see you next week